are good to go. With more of the Matt Wyatt Show. Coming to you direct and live. Back with you. I'm Matt in the Bureau. Hour two off and running. I want to say first and foremost, we start hour two here. A big shout out and a thank you to everybody that's uh, watching on the live stream as well. Not uh, just radio or listening to the stream at uh, thezone1059.com. But also if you're tuning in on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, hey, do y'all really do appreciate it. Uh, we got some of the comments on the live stream in the first hour, but not a ton of those. And so we'll start hour two doing that. We're going to spend the next uh, four or five minutes there. I'll jump over then to the country please and text line because I got a quarterback conversation that has come up with a couple of recent texts there. One from Micah in Batesville. Um, another from Trey, two different QBs, kind of same conversation. So we'll get into some of that uh, as well. And just a reminder, if you're tuning in, you can be a part of the show. Text me on the country, please, and text line. Number is 885-3776. You can comment on the live stream, YouTube, Facebook. Just type it in and pops up right there. And I can see it and put it up on the screen like – Steve here, his comment on Facebook says, what about Coach Knox? And we'll discuss that coming up. And also the phone line is open, so give me a call. And Enjoy getting phone calls from Rooster and Thibodeau and Chris and everybody there in hour one. So call me on the Divinity Equipment phone line, 995-1059. That's the number to call, the Divinity Equipment phone line. All right, so on the Murray West live thread over here on the live stream, Speaking of Murray West, go to murraywest.com. You'll see what I'm talking about. Contract embroidery company here in Mississippi that they do the best job you're going to find of putting your team or your company or your business or your brand's logo, embroidering it on custom apparel or items or whatever. So, you know, contract embroidery company, family-owned, right here in Mississippi, small orders and, and also humongous ones. It does not matter. They can handle it. Check them out online at murraywest.com. That's M-U-R-R-Y west.com. Steve said, what about Coach Knox? Well, I haven't heard anything, Steve. You know, personally, I would hope that there would be a way for Coach Knox to be on the staff. I mean, I just don't know. I have no idea. And that's a two-way street, too. You know, so you got it's got to be a situation and a job that he wants to do also, and he's a veteran that's been around. So I don't have anything on that yet, but, yeah, personally, I would I would love for them to find a way to have Coach Greg Knox still remain a part of the team and on the staff. Uh, but we were talking about the previous uh, – and in the previous hour about the schedule, the upcoming release of the SEC schedule. And, you know, that's what Will was saying on YouTube is that we do have the opponents home and away. We just don't know the dates yet. So we don't know – there's a, they released a few of them for a few games, but not all of them. And so I, I look forward to that, kind of get to see what the flow of the schedule is going to look like and what the first month and how many home games you're going to get during the nice part of the year when it's cool versus 11 a.m. in September. <laughs> you know, so that's something to look at also. Um, now, Will says that he will kind of miss LSU on the schedule. And he said, good riddance to Kentucky. Yeah, the Kentucky one. It was just forced. I, you know, again, I'm not going to go down that whole big rant. Will, I'm sure you've heard it before, but we all know what that was about. 
They were protecting certain rivalries when they made the divisions to rake in the dough on the championship game. They had to have the divisions. And to protect certain rivalries because of the divisions, they were Alabama, Tennessee, and Auburn, Georgia. They gave everybody a cross-division permanent rivalry opponent, right? And Even though you didn't have a cross-division rival because Alabama and Auburn did, well, the rest of you got to have it too. And so they told us that State and Kentucky, y'all are permanent cross-division rivals. Oh, really? And lo and behold, Ole Miss got Vandy. Really? You think, I mean, I know it was Vandy. You think Ole Miss got sick and tired of playing them every year, other than the fact that it was kind of an easy win most years. Some years it wasn't, but most years it was. But I, I'm just glad they changed it up. The rotation is more often. You're going to see home and away all the teams in the league more often. It's amazing what you can do when you all of a sudden get flexible and aggressive all at the same time. You can actually add teams to your conference and still have a quicker, more even rotation. Where for years and years it was just, uh, I mean, it's almost like State and Florida, for instance, weren't even in the same conference. What, State played in Gainesville once every 12 years? <laughs> it's just, it's asinine. It was from the get-go. Uh, let's see, Toby. Yeah, I got your comment kind of long there. Let's see, Toby said, he says he's often thought of if State was in the East and not the West, what the record would be. You know, there's a lot, it goes back and forth. Because, you know, if you go back to the 90s, when you know I was on the team at State in the 90s, and we had a lot of success, but it was a time where the Western Division kind of as a whole was a little down, and the, the Eastern Division was a much stronger division in the 90s. Florida, Tennessee, Georgia was a much, actually a much stronger. The East was much stronger in the 90s than the West was, and that's just the, the truth. Now, Aaron pointed out, we're talking about K.J. Jefferson, and Aaron on Facebook said, K.J. has Petrino now. Says Arkansas just needs a def decent defense and they'll be fine. Levy needs a guy that can be mobile and push the ball down the field. Parson will be the future, but needs a transfer guy. A lot in your comment there that I like, Aaron. And I genuinely say this. It's it's what I think. I'm not saying this because I feel like, oh, what I say has some sort of effect, positive or negative, on what kids' decisions might be in the transfer portal or not. That's not it at all. They don't care what I think or what I say. It's just my honest opinion. I've seen just enough of Chris Parson to think, you know, really as a prospect and as an athlete and as a quarter, his makeup to me really is kind of what the Jeff Levy offenses have always tried to recruit. That's what he's what they're after. <laughs> it's just he's brand new, right? Like he hadn't been out of high school very long. And I kind of agree with you that, again, you sound like you're the same way, Aaron, but from my perspective, on the outside looking in, I'm sure there's details maybe I don't know, but on the outside looking in, you go, what might look like a perfect scenario would be if Levy could get a transfer old guy to come in there and just kind of pick it up and run with it year one while you are developing Chris Parson further, waiting in the wings, getting him ready, so that in two years, in 25, he takes it and runs with it and is really ready to go. That, to me, looks like kind of a perfect scenario. And when you think about it, too, 
again, it's about managing all these pieces, Aaron. But if they are confident that not only they can they can have Chris Parson stay and stay in the program, but if you're also confident that you're going to still be able to have Mike Wright in there as a part of your depth in the quarterback room for another year, then it does make sense to, in the portal, target that guy who is an athlete, who can do some running for you, design and, and whatnot, because then you'd have you know, a group that's similar to each other practices then and every group that runs the first string, the second string, third string, they're all similar. They're all running the same stuff. We all got similar calls and responsibilities. We all got similar abilities at different levels. And then if you do get an injury and somebody else has to play, the offense doesn't change at all. And see, that's one thing they ran into this year at State, for example, was when Will Rogers wasn't in there. They did this by design earlier. But when they took him out and put Mike Wright in, the offense changed. So when Will got hurt, Wright goes into play, your whole offense has to change. It really changes because the guys aren't alike. Does that make sense? So on that note, as we, we talk about quarterbacks and everything else, and see, Austin, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go here. Austin commented on YouTube and said, is KJ no longer in the portal? I thought he was in the portal. I thought he was too. Um, this morning, I got a text from a buddy of mine, and he, he texted me a Twitter link, and somebody had tweeted it out there. It was one of these official, you know, services, some website covering college football. And there it was. K.J. Jefferson, Arkansas quarterback, has entered the transfer portal. And, uh, you know, there was a few details on having one year left, you know, uh, barring a medical and all that kind of stuff. So that's the impression I'm under. Now, if it's changed, if somebody's saying, okay, well, he's changed his mind, y'all let me know. But I haven't seen it yet. And uh, Bobby Petrino, the uh, former head coach at Arkansas, that is official. He is coming back to Arkansas to be their offensive coordinator. And, and we hadn't even touched on that, but that's a weird that's a weird scenario in and of itself. But, yeah, only um, just a little bit before we started this radio show today here in the middle of the day, like on three, one of those websites, breaking Arkansas quarterback K.J. Jefferson plans to enter the NCAA transfer portal. Now, it didn't say he had. It said he plans to. And then right after that, you got the news that Bobby Petrino's coming to Arkansas to be the offensive coordinator. So, you know, maybe it's changed, but I'm still under the impression that he's in the portal just like like seems like you're in that camp as well. Will commented on that subject and said, apparently KJ said he hasn't made a decision and he wants to meet with Petrino first. Will says, I think KJ made a post on Instagram saying as much to counter the early reports that he went to the portal. Okay. Saying that, okay. Saying that he's going to meet since they announced Petrino's coming as OC, he wants to meet with him first and all that. Okay. Well, there you go. So that would certainly then have an effect on my answer to the question that Micah sent me here on the uh, uh, country pleasing text line. Let me go back to it. Micah in Baseball said, thoughts on KJ coming to Starkville? Well, okay, let's just do an if, Micah. If KJ Jefferson enters the transfer portal and decides he's leaving Arkansas, you're, you're looking at what? 
you're going to have to pay him a million dollars. Are you? I mean, I read you the quote earlier. Matt Rule, quarterback, I mean, head coach at Nebraska said, quote, a quarterback in the portal is going for one to one and a half to two million dollars. Right, so you're going to pay. So, so the question is, is KJ the kind of player you're going to pay him for, you know, one million dollars come play for you for one year? You know, he hasn't been completely healthy his entire career, but it just seems to me that, again, if you had a scenario where you were confident that guys like Mike Wright and Chris Parson were going to stay and compete and try to win a starting job, but be your depth if they didn't win it, their skill set being similar enough to what a K.J. Jefferson brings to the table that it would make sense to me, he being a Mississippi kid, that and, and he being that he had so – well, he did. He had a lot of success in the previous system under um, Kendall Bryles at Arkansas, which is very similar to what Levy does. I would think you'd take a swing at it or you'd look into it. Now, Trey text and he said, Matt, what's your opinion on Dylan Gabriel maybe transferring to state, hashtag Hell State, and Dylan Gabriel being the quarterback at Oklahoma, right? I don't know as much about him uh, myself, Trey. You know, okay, so he was at UCF for three years, um, had huge numbers the first year, freshman, sophomore years at UCF under Hypel. Wasn't he playing there under Hypel or was he? Or was it one year under Hypel? Regardless, he had huge numbers his first couple of years there at UCF and heck of a player. Then he had that catastrophic knee injury, came back from it, transferred to Oklahoma, has played there the last two years. So when, when you look at it this way with Dylan Gabriel, his first year in college to play his freshman year was 2019 at UCF. He threw for 3,600 yards, 29 touchdowns, seven interceptions, and ran for four more touchdowns. Didn't run for a ton of yards, but ran for four more touchdowns. Then his sophomore year, he lit everybody up. Threw for 3,500 yards, 32 touchdowns, and four interceptions. Great numbers. And that year also ran for two more touchdowns. Got hurt in that 2021 season. Only saw action in three games. But in those three games, he had big numbers before the injury. Nine touchdowns, three picks. Transferred. He's been at Oklahoma the last two years under Levy. It says junior, senior, okay, the last two years. Um, and so two years ago, 2022, at Oklahoma, he's 62%, goes for 3,000 yards, 25 TDs, six picks, um, added another six rushing touchdowns on 300 yards, so short-yarded stuff. 2023, this year, through 12 games, 69%, 3,600 yards, 30 touchdowns, and six interceptions. Numbers are outstanding. And added another 12 rushing touchdowns this year. So, like, it's just, you know, the touchdowns that he's accounted for in two different stops, pre-injury and post-injury, is really incredible to me. And so he's very, very good. And, the, and as far as his eligibility, the 2020 season doesn't count against anyone. So they, UCF played in 10 games that year. So it doesn't count. That was a 32-touchdown year for him, but it doesn't count. So really he's only played 2019, 
22 and 23. All right, so COVID doesn't count, 2020, but also 2021 doesn't really count because he only saw action in three games. That would suffice for a red shirt. So he really, in terms of eligibility, he's marked off. It's only three years that he's eaten up, and he's got at least one more, you know, and I say at least, he's got one more depending on how things might fall. So so the eligibility looks like it's there, Trey. As far as, sure, there's a relationship he's played, but it's also he's already been, this is his second school he's been at already. He's established as a starter, and he's playing great. It would strictly be a thing of does he want to go to a third school for his last year just to continue playing for the same coach? You know, anything beyond just speculating on it like that, I just don't really know. This I do know. I could say from my perspective, as a state guy, if you could get a Dylan Gabriel to come play for you, whatever it takes, get him to come play for you <laughs> for one year. But it's a whole different college football. You're not recruiting anymore. You're hiring. How much money we got? Okay, yeah, we can afford that. What you want? You want it small bills or a check? Straight up pay for play. That's what it is. White Denzel on the Country Pleasing text line says, we need Rooster's head checked. He wants to play Bama every year. He sure did. He said he was going to make T-shirts that says, play Bama. <laughs> it didn't make a whole lot of sense, did it? Uh, look at, look at uh, Dennis formerly of Omaha here. He's got a text for Beaver. He says, no birthday wishes for Beaver, but tell him I said happy Festivus. <laughs> Seinfeld fan. There you go, Beaver, a fellow Seinfeld uh, fan. Hey, Beaver, when does Festivus start anyway? Thanksgiving? Does your birthday fall at the beginning of Festivus? I think it might. Yeah, we got a bunch of texts about Beaver's birthday. We knew we would. Uh, Jason in Flagstaff, Arizona, says uh, maybe State should go get KJ. He'd be good in Levy's system, particularly the way that he ran it at UCF, and it would give Parson a chance to ease in instead of throwing him to the wolves. That's kind of how I feel about it, too. Me, too. Grumpy said, Matt, after seeing Missouri run all over Arkansas, Grumpy is very excited to see Mizzou play MSU, disappointed not playing Bama. Yeah, you had pretty good uh, corner of the end zone seats for that one. I tell you, Reynolds Razorback Stadium is a great stadium. It's a good atmosphere. Uh, State Grad 98 says, question for Beaver. If Bo can bless us with a six-hour show today, will you try to get Matt to do six hours today to make up for that <laughs> wannabe host, Jake, taking a day off? <laughs> now, there is a dedicated listener to the radio station right there now. That's a dedicated listener. He's keeping tabs on who's here and who's not and for how long. Unnamed Texter says, hey, Matt, what do you think the chances are that Arch Manning comes to play for Levy? Oh, what was that commercial, that NFL commercial they had recently where the guy goes, less than, chances of that are less than zero. <laughs> That's what I think, less than zero. Bill, I got your text there. That's pretty hilarious. Whoever made that picture, pretty hilarious. 
Micah in Baseball says, I would pay KJ a million in 2020 and 2021, but not last year. Yeah. But again, you know, I feel like you take KJ Jefferson at Arkansas this year, 2023, it's an example of, I mean, quarterbacks. Sometimes their ceiling in a in a season is sort of dictated by who and what is around them. Also, I mean, I'll be honest. You know, there's a lot of guys out there that are going to look really good at times playing with Traylon Burks, a healthy Traylon Burks when he had him at Arkansas, right? That's just one example. Don and Madison said players interviewing coaches. It's a mess. Coaches now deserve. Their salary. <laughs> Do they really? And speaking of that, so what he's talking about is Bobby Petrino named the offensive coordinator at Arkansas. Uh, no confirmation yet on whether or not they're going to let him ride a motorcycle or not. But he's going back to Arkansas as the offensive coordinator. And so then it came out, K.J. Jefferson said he wanted to talk to him first before he made a decision about whether or not to get in the uh, transfer portal. And so Don and Madison said, players interviewing, no, that was somebody else. Who was it? Bill and Madison said, players interviewing coaches. A mess. All right. More of your texts, more of your calls, more of your comments. All coming up, hour two on this Wednesday in the Bureau, Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Stick around. Interesting comment on the Murray West live thread. Contract embroidery company right here at home in Mississippi since 1996. Murray West. Check them out. MurrayWest.com. It was at Austin. No, it was Lee said, uh, talking about quarterbacks in the right system. Look at Bo Nix. Auburn versus what he is doing in Oregon now. I mean, I know. Well, system and competition. I mean, the Pac-12 is good. they got good teams. And maybe they have one win the whole thing this year. But I'm I'm telling you, going through a Pac-12 schedule is nothing anywhere like the gauntlet of an SEC one, let alone an SEC West one. Okay, so that's one thing. So system and competition. But your point is valid. Look at him. That guy ran for his life for three years at Auburn. Did Bo Nix ever have a game where he could sit comfortably in the pocket on pass plays and, and get the ball out on time without having to worry about getting ear-holed? <laughs> Did he? Dude ran for his life for three years, and Auburn fans, I mean, I love some of them, but let me tell you something. Collectively, here's what you, here's what you can say about Auburn fans collectively. They are some of the nicest people collectively. They are some of the nicest people around. And they can have a bad team, and they'll put 85,000 in Jordan-Hare Stadium, and it's loud and great. And to their credit, I mean, it's fantastic. I wish every 
I wish our school was that way when you had a bad team because we're not. But part of it is because we got a fan base can recognize <laughs> and knows football. I don't know that Auburn collectively has a fan base that really understands football at times. They watch, I mean, they watch that kid for three years run for his life. It's a good thing he could run, or else you'd have been peeling him up off the turf every other series. And still they said it was his fault. He's a problem. We'd be winning everything if it wasn't for Bo Nix. Oh, yeah? No, you wouldn't. And he was not the problem. But I digress. <laughs> okay. By the way, too, I credited the wrong person. That was Jake from Yazoo earlier who texted the show Country Please and Text Line and said, players interviewing coaches. A mess. Coaches now deserve this salary. <laughs> Don from Madison said, Matt, do you think K.J. Jefferson's NIL deals of 345000 would follow him if he transfers to another school? No. No. I mean, you know, some Arkansas NIL deal, is not, they're not going to keep paying him if he goes somewhere else. I, I mean, but I will say this, Don. You know, you saw the K.J. Jefferson deal. Um where uh, apparently, according to his Instagram, he's not officially in the transfer portal yet. Now they've hired Bobby Petrino. He wants to meet with him first. Somebody, a school like Arkansas and their fans have paid you a million dollars to play, you maybe, you maybe feel a little more obligated to see it through and see if you want to stay. That's just a thought. <clears throat> uh, okay, and, and White Denzel sends me this. Um, uh, looks like a tweet from Brandon Marcello. Bobby Petrino is going to be paid $1.6 million a year as part of a two-year deal as offensive coordinator at Arkansas. He's going to be paid three hundred fifty dollars for working December 3rd through February 28th. So starting now, he gets a country club membership, eight tickets to home football games, and $7,200 in car allowance. Car allowance four wheels what if it said that hey denzel what if it said that what if it didn't say car allowance it said on any vehicle with at least four wheels <laughs> i would love it if that was the language and then it says they're also going to pay up to twenty five thousand dollars in moving expenses and temporary housing man i'm gonna tell you what if you can score touchdowns or coach touchdowns we forgive you. <laughs> That's the way that works. Rob in Grenada says, if Coach Levy could get Gabriel to come, then it would be a perfect scenario. He knows the system would be a great asset for teaching our young quarterbacks. I agree with that. Uh, somebody told me Festivus starts on December 23rd. Okay, so Beaver's birthday a month earlier than Festivus. Uh, Carlos says, why didn't State try to recruit Jefferson out of high school? Well, Carlos, it's my impression that they did. He just didn't go there. He wanted to go to Arkansas. And and in the early years of his career playing, when he did get to go and, and eventually was able to play for Kendall Bryles, it was working out for him, I promise you. Hook says, as a Rebel fan, I don't want to see KJ come to State. He puts up Heisman numbers against us, talking about uh, against Ole Miss. Boy, he has. Y'all have had some knockdown, drag out games. 
against Arkansas while he's been there. J-Rock, country pleasing text, says, Matt, how is Star Wyatt doing? Star, the, the, uh, the parking lot dog that Annabeth put in the car and brought home yesterday. Star is sleeping in a in an old sleeping bag, sub zero sleeping bag that I used to be mine for camping and stuff, and now she sleeps in she's sleeping that on the back porch. Uh, she's laying out in the sun. She's kicking a soccer ball around the yard. <laughs> I've been throwing tennis balls, and she'll go retrieve it and bring it back to me. She's smart now, and uh, and so she she took one of those tennis balls and buried it under that bed she's sleeping in out there. And then she's last I look, she's out there laying out in the sun, snoozing, snoring, and had her tennis ball with her. And so she's doing well. Vet visit came back good. Everything's good. Thanks for asking. She's really a smart dog. Again, I you know, how are we supposed to know? She's a stray that was living in a parking lot for three days until Annabeth went and brought her, and we're going to try to foster her and find her a home. So I don't know what the history is. She's not anywhere near some sort of full, you know, breed dog, whatever. She's just a mutt. But she is smart. And when I say sit, listen, I, I've known the dog for what? How many hours? 48 hours? When I say sit, the dog sits down. When I say you get your ball, she goes and gets a ball. <laughs> we met two days ago. Uh, one time I said, hey, you need to get a drink of water. I'm not joking you. The dog ran to the water bowl and drank water. <laughs> Telling she knows English. All right. Over to the phone line, the Divinity Equipment phone line, Divinity Equipment in Madison and in Jackson, your Kubota dealer, the oldest Kubota dealer in the U.S., in fact, means they've been doing it better, longer than anyone else right here at home at Divinity. Jimmy on line one. What's up, Jimmy? Hey Matt, uh, you you and uh, Star got something in common. Your wife tells you to do the same thing, <laughs> and you you do exactly what Star does. We hey, we both are good, <laughs> obedient dogs, aren't we? Yeah. Okay, I can I can go with that. <laughs> hey man, uh, Matt, I I I was pulling for those uh, bulldogs, but they just couldn't score. They couldn't they couldn't pull the trigger. Yeah, that's right. Uh, but I wanted to call you about Will Rogers. Will Rogers is uh, in the transfer portal. Um, now I'm kind of understanding more about it. I feel like almost Will Rogers must have felt a little animosity this year and and possibly affected his playing time at Mississippi State this year after Coach Leach passed away and the change in the uh, offense and everything. Mm -hmm. So now I'm getting a bigger picture of what's going on. So Matt, how do you feel, or how do you explain if you want to, if Will is it perfectly fine if Will wants to get in the transfer portal and try it out? If he doesn't like what he gets out of the situation, he'll stay at Mississippi State and play quarterback his final year. How do you feel about that, and how do you think a lot of the Mississippi State uh, fans uh, or alumni feel about that? Yeah, Jimmy, I'm just gonna be honest with you. I, I mean, I think collectively as a fan base, and, and the relationship is only about three days old now with Jeff Levy as your head coach, but the feeling I have in my gut is that the fan base is going to trust Jeff Levy on quarterback decisions until they 
see a reason not to trust it. I, I really feel that way. And I feel like if Jeff Levy walked out there and they put a tweet out and he had his arm around Will Rogers and and it said run it back and he's going to be the guy, I think most state fans would be like, let's go. But I don't I don't know what I don't know what possibility there is for that from Will's perspective. I, I don't know that. I think again, I hadn't talked to Will or any of the Rogers about this, but my gut tells me that after the experience that they had this year, that they may not want he with one year remaining might not want any part of another offense that isn't a base air raid type of offense that he played in in high school and that he played in under Mike Leach. And those are out there. You know, there's some places out there who are who are doing those kinds of things that the that's the same pass concepts and same terminology and stuff. And I, I would think that's what they're looking for. Hey, Jimmy, good question. It's good to hear from you, man. Thank you. Call me anytime. Who let the dogs out? The dogs out. <laughs> I heard Jimmy's dog barking in the background. We got a bunch of dogs in here, don't we? See, Sven, who's on the live stream, he's over in Berlin, Germany, big state fan, said, I would welcome Will Rogers back. I would, too. I mean, if Levy and Will say, let's do it, I would welcome it, too. I just, I don't know. Something tells me that given the experience they had, he's looking for a place that he can go air that thing out. But let's see what happens. Stick around. Whether it's about winning the game or even losing the game, you're going to hear about them all and get to talk about it with Matt Wyatt right here, right now. All right, back with you. A little bit of time left with you here today on this Wednesday in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Farm Bureau, go! With the home team. Uh, Rick from Pelahatchee, or should I say Pelahatchee Rick, says, does J.P. Purvis, the linebacker, have another year? Yeah, it's my understanding that he does. So he's played 23, 22, 21, and 20. Okay, so those four years, and knowing that the 2020 season is not being counted against anyone in terms of their eligibility, that would mean that J.P. has another year to come back and play college football if he chooses to do so. Um, so there you go. And that's good news. If he decides to come back and be a Bulldog, he's been getting better and better each year. Tough guy, good tackler, really good football player. Last night, State's basketball team uh, took it on the chin, 67-59, uh, eight-point loss at Georgia Tech. And, you know, i got to be honest with you, the fact that the final score of that game was within eight points, 67-59, it felt like to me that score made it the game look closer than it actually was, right? Because... What, Georgia Tech was up 13 at half, I think, and at one point in the second half, I know they they pushed their lead out to 15 at one point in the second half. And then down the stretch, when you get in the last four or five minutes of the game, it was always 
10-point game, 11-point game, 12-point game, 10-point game, 11. State had a really hard time cutting it down even into single digits. So even though the game ended a single digits um, deficit, it, it, it just felt like they couldn't catch them. And, you know, watching it, I'm just going to be honest. I'm not making an excuse for the basketball team. I'm not. But it wasn't like they had a, a night where they didn't give effort. They did. Especially in the second half. I'm not kidding you. I, I couldn't believe how every time there was a bounce, like a fortuitous bounce, like just a shot coming off the rim a certain direction, it just always favored Georgia Tech. And I know the idea of like, you know, you create your own luck by out hustling and being in position and those kinds of things. And there's a lot that's true. But this is one of those deals where I'm just telling you, it was the kind of night for state where if, if there's two guys standing there, a state guy and an and a Georgia Tech guy, and the ball bounces in the middle of them, it's gonna bounce and kick towards the Georgia Tech guy every time. It's just one of those nights, okay, where anything out of your control was going Georgia Tech's way. It just was. On top of that, they were shooting the ball better than they have, and you're shooting it worse than you have. You know, State had a stretch there where they just they couldn't really find anything on offense. You know, we'll see how it plays out. But to me, I'm not saying Georgia Tech is a national championship caliber basketball team. I know they're unranked. They were 2-2 two and two going into that one. But gosh, man, at home, they didn't look bad to me at all. I don't know that they necessarily have a big man, huge big man presence, but they defended well. And like somebody said earlier, if you have Tolu Smith, that game's a lot different because of that matchup right there is a lot different for them. But you didn't. And on the perimeter, they had a few guys out on the perimeter who could handle the ball just as quick as State's players, but they were bigger. They were bigger than some of State's guys. And, you know, they had one guy get hot in the first half and – and State struggles on offense, and ball wasn't really falling. Everything's kind of going again. And they turned it over. That's the other thing, too. State State was, I guess if you were looking for the negative, it's what, sloppy ball handling? Too many times where you're trying to kind of get cute with, with your passing and, you know, you bounce it off a guy's foot or you leave it behind him and turn it back over. And what were the final numbers there? Let's see. Turnovers. They won a huge difference. State had 13 turnovers. Georgia Tech had 12. But 13 turnovers to five assists for State, that's a very upside-down ratio. Right? Like, that's big-time upside-down. Where you've, you you get five assists as a team, and you more than double that in turnovers. So th- there's one thing for you. The other thing, State got out-rebounded overall. Um... Bench the same. Little advantage in the paint for state. Second chance points, a little advantage for state. Um, neither team shot 40%. State was at 31, Georgia Tech's at 34. Um, not a huge difference in threes. Of course, I think they hit a few more in the first half. They finished with 8 of 27. State was 7 of 30. So they were 30% from three. State was 23%. The same at the free throw line 75%, 74%. Some of those numbers make it look even. Of course, again, it winds up an eight-point game. But the thing is, State never led in the game. There were zero lead changes in the game. None whatsoever. 
They were tied for almost two minutes early. And in the remaining 38 minutes and one second of the ball game, Georgia Tech led it. So it's just one of those, your first loss of the year. Frankly, all the breaks in the game did go the other way. You were fighting uphill against that. You didn't handle the ball all that well in strange court after making a road trip and learned a tough lesson that you get in that power five level. If you're not sharp and, you know, and you get out rebounded and you turn the ball over, you're going to lose even to teams without a number beside their name. And so they'll be fine. State's going to be just fine. They are. They're going to be fine. I really do think it's one of those games where you don't come away from it making any sort of big, rash judgment on that football, on that basketball team. You're just like, hey, you went, you didn't play your best, you got beat, big surprise. Go back home, play the next one. And, you know, again, like, you look at resume, how RPI works for basketball. At least it's a road game, right? It's a road game, Power 5, and it's a team that's going to play a whole bunch of ACC teams and the Dukes and North Carolinas on their schedule. And I didn't I didn't necessarily, like, uh, look to see. Why don't we do that now? I'm going to look and see what the other teams did because that was what? Last night was the opening of the uh, – ACC, SEC challenge deal. So let me see what the other scores were. The, the scores that they were updating during the games last night didn't look all that great. Kentucky did come back and beat Miami. They were down early, but came back, led them in half, and, and just whipped them in the second half. So Kentucky beats Miami by 22, 95-73. Of course, State lost. Uh, Clemson beat Alabama. <clears throat> Clemson's uh, that moved them to six and zero. Oh. They're unranked. Alabama was up in the top twenty-five. Clemson beat them by eight, eighty-five, seventy-seven. Game a lot like what State had, but uh, Alabama hosted that one. South Carolina beat Notre Dame. Syracuse beat the tar out of LSU. Uh, Missouri got Pittsburgh, and Ole Miss beat NC State by twenty. A nice win. Ole Miss is six and zero, oh, and uh, beat NC State by twenty points last night. And so the continuation will be tonight. You get a heck of a game at 6:15 on ESPN. 10th ranked Tennessee at 17th ranked North Carolina. Vols and heels, light orange and light blue. <laughs> uh, Texas A&M goes to Virginia. Florida is at Wake Forest. These are all games tonight. Men's basketball, ACC, SEC challenge. Arkansas hosting Duke, 8:15 on ESPN. Woo pig. Duke's ranked seventh and five and one. Arkansas is four and three. Um, same time tonight, late eight fifteen. SEC Network. Vandy's going to host Boston College. Georgia is at Florida State, and Auburn will host Virginia Tech tonight. Virginia Tech's five and two. Auburn four and one, favorite at home. So a whole another round of ACC SEC games tonight on TV. You can watch some of those. Now I got a text from Stephen on the country pleasing text line. Stephen says. I agree 100%. The basketball team is good. It just wasn't State's night. They had horrible luck every play. <laughs> and they could play Georgia Tech again in a couple of months and beat them big. And that <clears throat> that wouldn't surprise anybody either. Again, it's just too early and it's your first loss of the year. You're going to lose one at some point. I am glad it was a road game. You know, I am glad it's a Georgia Tech who's going to have a beefed-up schedule just because of the conference they're in from a uh, state perspective. And, you know, it's 
you know, as good as State has looked, uh, they're not obviously unbeatable. And that was a Georgia Tech team. You got to some of it is credit Georgia Tech. I mean, they got players that were recruited too, and they certainly had some guys with size. You know, some of the guard matchups they had a big size advantage. Particularly like when Hubbard's on the fly. Size not everything, but it certainly matters rebounding and other stuff. And some of the advantages you normally see for State, like assist to turnover, rebounds, which rebounds a lot of times feeds into that assist to turnover deal because it can, it, it just get you win in rebound battles, you got more opportunities to run every now and then. They didn't have many opportunities. And every now and then they pick one up. Or have a chance to run, they go down there and throw it off somebody's knee, you know, like a guy's in the wrong place at the right time. So I just think, um, or wrong place, wrong time, I should say. I just think, I don't think it's a bad loss. It might have been ugly, certainly offensively, but it wasn't the kind of game I came away from really worried about State's team at all. I'm just being honest. Now, if it happens three more times over the next two weeks, now we got something to worry about. But I, I didn't come away from I think you chalk it up. Watch the film once for about an hour and move on. All right. That wraps it up for today. Back with you tomorrow. Same time, same place in the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. For Beaver, I'm Matt. All of us here on the show. See you then. See you.